Welcome to Beyond the Capital from Supertech and our brand new series. This year, the Commonwealth Games are coming to Birmingham. So to celebrate, we'll be doing our own baton relay. We're making virtual visits to as many of the Commonwealth countries as we can, exploring their startup and scale-up scenes. And we'll hear from UK-based businesses with Commonwealth connections. Beyond the Capital is the podcast series that explores the professional services tech scene outside of London. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen, long-standing champion of professional services in the regions. In this episode, we're at the UKRI Next Generation Services Challenge National Showcase at the NEC near Birmingham. You'll hear from the Deputy Director of the Challenge and some of the projects that have received funding through the programme. Hi Mel, thanks for joining us. Thanks Hilary. Um, where are you from and why are we here? So I'm Melanie Netsch and I'm Deputy Director of the UK Research and Innovation Next Gen- Generation Services uh, Challenge that's been running for the last three years. And it's the end of the programme showcase today. So what does that mean? Well, it means that we've been funding a number of different activities along five different strands in the Next Gen Services Challenge. And we're here to showcase what they've achieved, but also to share the learnings and the insights and the knowledge that they've gained with with people who are interested in in the area, and also to create new networks and help um, uh, diffuse the the knowledge and and the insights. And this has been a pioneer, hasn't it? This has been quite uncharted territory, am I right in thinking that? Yes, so when we originally put in the application, uh, Stephen Browning, who's who's a challenge director, when we were scoping this up, uh, we did a lot of work looking across UK research and innovation, and we realized um, that not many of these sectors had really engaged with us as a funder before. So when we were scoping out the challenge, there was a bit of un- unknown about how, how would they engage and what was, what was the opportunity we could bring and what added value could us as, as a publicly funded grant-giving body to businesses and universities, what could we bring um, in, in this space? So we were labeled as a pioneer because it was more about understanding the frontiers and where could we go. And you might use the word pilot, but it felt like we were more than piloting. We were actually really trying to get under the skin of what is it and what the added value that, that our approaches can bring in, in drawing these sectors together. So how has it gone? How, how are the sectors of legal, accounting, insurance, how have they received it? And are you pleased with how it's gone? Yeah, I, I think what we've been quite surprise at is, is the oversubscription to us and the high level of interest as anything takes time creating networks and and um and trying to 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 help people find us these things all take time in in developing a program and over the the last three years the interest has definitely grown uh, quite high in fact i think um we were saying we were oversubscribed by at least times four to to our calls and activities that we had and we now have a network of over um of over 2,000 people, I think, in the AI for Services network that are joining. And that, that's what's quite nice. Is it, it's, a, just, it's not only across the three sectors, but also the tech developer sectors and also the universities and the engineering and the, the social science community. So I, I'd say from our side, not only has the interest been there, but also the willingness of, uh, and the interest of industry to, to match fund or, or, or to support this as well to, to the benefit of their own research and, and development. And as you're pioneering this on behalf of the UK, do you have a feel for of how well the UK is doing with these sectors and this type of approach. Can you contextualise it at all globally? 
Yeah, that was one of the reasons why we were interested in this program and why we thought these three sectors were of interest. So the UK law is is used around many countries in the world or as a basis, uh, and therefore the the technologies are there. Accountancy and and insurance are are global markets, and and the UK has a strong hub in this space. And actually, as three sectors, they underpin a lot of what we do together. Uh, You know, they they do draw upon each other, and and we, we need to use them across many, many areas, both within the UK and internationally. We've done a, a couple of international scoping opportunities uh, where we looked at both Singapore and Canada. And I think what's, what's been really uh, interesting to reflect on is the approach that we've taken of bringing the social science and, and, and the business-led funding together, I think has been globally unique uh, for us as funders to, to be doing this. And when we've been out on visits, they've been saying it's actually been very inspiring and they're looking at how we've been approaching this as a challenge and the opportunities um, to, to, to go across the space. Well, thank you for having us here today. We are going to be hearing from some of the other projects that you funded through our interviews with the guests as well. But thank you very much. Thanks, Hilary. Perhaps we could start with you just telling, introducing yourself. Who are you and why are you here today? My name is Anthony Peake. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of Intelligent AI. Uh, we're part of the No Risk Consortium uh, as part of the Industrial Strategy Challenge. Wow. Uh, what does No Risk do then? What's the project been about for you? So No Risk is a, is a consortium of organisations looking at risk. So we bring together AI, blockchain, satellite image analysis, and we look at supply chain risk, building risk, and financial risk. Go on. What does that really mean? Give us an application. Give us a real life so, um, case in, or something. So in our case with Intelligent AI, um, for instance, there was a uh, factory in the US that had a fire. They'd been told by a broker that it was 80 million of total sum insured, that it was five buildings, that it was not in a flood zone, and that it was well managed. Our data that we pull out with AI and open data and satellite told us, in fact, it's nine buildings. It should be worth 144 million. It's in a flood zone, uh, and they've had pollution issues. So the whole point of this is to take insurers from annual and manual, looking at data manually, underwriting with maybe only 10% of data, to taking them into near real-time AI satellite to get 100% of the data and basically build a digital twin of the risk. So presumably then there's the knowledge improvement, but also in a COVID world, I guess not physically having to go and and do that. Insurers can only afford to send risk engineers to maybe 5 or 10% of the locations, the bigger, the ugly. So they've got loads of data on 5 or 10% of the portfolio and no data on the other 90 95%. And that's where we come in. AI reads where they do have risk reports, but also creates a digital twin. Fantastic. And what's the fund done then? How's the... The Innovate UK and the ESRC so, funding made a difference. So as part of the No Risk Consortium, there are, there are basically three areas of risk. So under, better understanding of risk of a building. Grenfell Tower is a perfect, perfect thing. You know, I was looking at data where there were 13 fire service call-outs in the year leading up to the fire. No insurer was actually looking at that forward projection of increasing risk. Obviously, we don't want Grenfell Towers to happen. We want insurers to... We don't want insurers just to take money. We want them to help the client mitigate risk and save lives. So moving a market to be more proactive based on data. 
As part of the consortium, we also have a partner, Sweetbridge. They're looking at supply chain risk. So it's not just the risk of in a building, but the risk of the trade between companies yeah. and between buildings. Fantastic. And so then the fund enabled you all to come together? So, the, so the, the fund actually did, I would say, three main things. First of all, it allowed us to come together and create a model that isn't just insurance or isn't just audit or isn't just supply chain, but actually looks across an ecosystem because this is a common risk. It also helped us. We kicked off at the beginning of the pandemic and all of a sudden you have the problems of matched funding. And so the, the continuity grants... <laughs> yes actually helped us to survive. Wow. And then things like the Sustainable Innovation Fund, it's not just about being able to get more data, but in a pa- not even in a pandemic, but from a carbon management point of view, do you want to have people driving to buildings in order to go and inspect <laughs> them? When you can actually, contrary. When you can actually get more data across more locations without people having to move and therefore reduce the carbon footprint. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you for stopping and talking to us today. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Could you say who you are and where you're from, please? Sure, Hilary. So I'm Seamus Ray. I'm the CEO of NGB. And NGB is really focused on making data availability available for startups and uh, incumbents as well in the professional services space. Go on, what does that really mean? So if you're a startup uh, and you want to build a bit of tech which is going to work in accounting, you probably have to talk to maybe 300 different finance systems as a minimum, and that's really expensive to do. So if, if somebody else has dealt with that data problem, so what NGB's done is gone, let's look at all the different finance systems, all the different legal systems, and work out how to get data out of those systems and deliver it to you in one standard way so you can build technology on top. That's what we do. Think about it as uh, the open banking equivalent for corporate data. And it really works? It does, thank God. I mean, we spent, uh, we were actually funded by uh, UK Innovate back in 2019. We got the phone call in December 2019. Uh, We spent actually most of lockdown doing the R&D and doing the work. Uh, And of course, at that point, we were slideware heavy, technology light. And now we're technology heavy and we've got clients working and using it. Um, And we are heavy users of clever things like AI and knowledge graphs. Uh, to make it work. And that's what brought you here today to the NEC, to Birmingham? Absolutely. So we're here today just to say, well, one, thank you to UK Innovate, but also to make sure that people realise the size of the market. Um, And actually, I genuinely look at it and go, you know, UK Innovate has taken it this far. It mustn't stop. We must carry on investing into new ideas, new research. And actually, we we benefited from working with uh, Birmingham University, Oxford Brooks and Imperial Uh, on our project and I think that actually brought real value so that crossover of uh, government help uh, academia and entrepreneurs coming together really helpful fantastic so the fun's obviously coming to an end which is why we're all together here in Birmingham now what next what's on the horizon well for engine B um, we're now in uh, the research has been done the product's been created Um, we've got a few clients in the US uh, a few clients in the UK um, and we're hoping to do uh, support 10,000 audits this year. Now, I talk about audits. It could be any, any system, but, um, but let's, we use the term audit. So 10,000 audits this year. Our plan is to do 100,000 next year. So you can see that kind of exponential growth going through. And that sounds very dot-commy, <laughs> right? So everybody calm down. It's not too bad because actually the deals that we're doing at the moment will see us through most of that 100,000 uh, next year. So we, we managed to land 
at the right time. The firms have had the COVID nightmare and they started to change in terms of their adoption technology. And they're coming out of that now and going, okay, so we've managed to use Teams and uh, digital signatures, et cetera. Now, how do we get the rest of it done? And so we're there at the right place at the right time. Many a fool makes money out of that way. <laughs> Is there anything about the UK that makes it easier to export or to take this to the global market? Well, let's t- do two different things, right? So from an accounting point of view, actually, I think that there's a lot of really good um, experience in accounting tech in the UK. Uh, and actually, the ICAW, who's one of, another one of our funders, has been really at the cutting edge of trying to drive this globally. So we, we've been talking to Australia and Canada and America um, already. Uh, and uh, if you look at Australia, for example, we've been talking to the Association in Australia. We got to them through the ICAW. Uh, they're really interested. And actually, the credentialization of the UK um, uh, Innovate money coming in was very helpful. And they've only got two or three finance systems in Australia, not because they're a small market, but it actually makes it really easy for us to enter. So from an accounting point of view, that's good. From a legal point of view, without being really dull about it, the, the number of matters reserved, the ma- things which can only be done by lawyers, there are only six of those in the UK. Uh, in, if you go to America, everything has to be done by a lawyer. Right, completely tied up by the regulator. So we have a free, freer regulator in the UK. So we've got a real opportunity to drive legal tech and accounting tech um, with great excellent support of the regulator, support of the government, and then go external to Australia, well, globally. But naturally, we would go to the English-speaking countries first and much easier. Um, so that's where we're focused on Australia, Canada, and America first. If you've enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe or follow Beyond the Capital on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Hilary Smith-Allen.